0: Hey, what's going on? This is the Saturday Down South Podcast. I am Conor Guerra. Will, we're in person again today.
1: We are. I would like to apologize to the people. Um, all of our recording frequencies on the lobs were taken over by Spanish radio. Uh, we're sitting here, obviously, in the middle of Atlanta, and I guess there's some type of Spanish radio station that was sitting on all of the frequencies. that Just disrespectful amount of frequencies. Hundreds of frequencies. Yes. So, decided to break out the old, old school mic here. So, apologize if it's not regular quality, but hopefully it didn't do bad. Hopefully it isn't too bad. Um, we do have a couple of interviews coming up with
0: a couple of guys that I think people people will recognize, Tim Tebow, Jordan Rodgers. Ever heard of him? Ever heard <laughs> of him? No big deal. Talk a lot of SEC quarterback stuff, so stay tuned for that. And, yes, we did ask Tim Tebow about why he did not have KJ Jefferson in his top five. Don't worry, Arkansas fans, we will get to that. Lots of stuff from SEC Media Days, and we're going to dissect – a lot of different things that came out, not a ton of news. I don't want to say it was like a non-news day, but there wasn't necessarily a ton of revelations. The biggest news that happened was not related to SEC media days. Well, it kind of was, kind of wasn't. Anaya Smith. Yes. The a and receiver, the versatile AM receiver, a guy that I have loved watching throughout his career. Not exactly the development that Jimbo Fisher was hoping for. Houston Chronicle reported that he was arrested on DWI charges, uh, weapons charges, had less than two ounces of weed, which Will tells me is
1: <laughs> wow, thanks, man. I mean, that's just such an ambiguous charge. I was still a cop It's like if you have more than two ounces of weed on you, you're kind of a, a sketchy character. So less than two isn't really a discerning factor. But anyway, yeah. not not
0: great. Not right. great. Um, not great considering Anaya Smith was supposed to be in Atlanta on Thursday representing AM. So he is suspended. Not not an ideal development for a team that, in my opinion, just doesn't have the margin for error. Doesn't. And yeah. a lot of people talk about them like they do and like they got all these weapons. And I know uh, and that everybody's excited about Evan Stewart. But think about this. A&M does not have another receiver besides Anaya Smith who caught 20 passes last year. If he is suspended for the first part of the year, remember Miami week three, mm-hmm. Arkansas week four, this is a team that is replacing DeMon Demas, Caleb Chapman. I know he's injured, but still a valuable guy. Jalen Weidemeyer and Isaiah Spiller, who caught a ton of passes out of the backfield. AM was number 12 in the SEC in passing last year. You can't pin all of that on Zach Calzada. You just can't. Mm-hmm. Everybody's excited about Evan Stewart, the five star true freshman. He needs to be something that Jimbo Fisher has never had that is, a star freshman receiver. I don't think I've ever talked about the the specific true freshman receiver numbers with Jimbo but I looked them up like a couple months ago Jimbo hasn't had a true freshman wide receiver have more than 300 receiving yards since Travis Rudolph in 2014 wow
1: Jameis I was about to say that was actually gonna be my kiss yeah because but Jameis was getting the ball to everybody you know what I'm saying like that was just that offense was pretty prolific so that's why this is bad
0: though because it's one thing to have a, a, a quarterback situation where we don't know what, you know, who's going to ultimately win this job, if it's going to be Haynes King, if it's going to be Max Johnson. But Anaismith Smith was supposed to be this safety blanket. Right and Now you have a guy who you're expected to be one of your captains, arguably your best returning player. I, Antonio Johnson would probably get that argument for me. But one of your best returning players, supposed to represent your program. Tough look for Jimbo. I'm not going to go... All the way, and say that Jimbo has lost control of his program. Unlike others who have said that, not to
1: name names, are people saying that today?
0: A uh, certain uh, college football podcast that doesn't need to be named because gotcha. it has a, a host who you know is a little bit of a baby, but you know what, that's just my <laughs> okay. opinion. Uh, Brandon Walker knows who he is. I am fascinated to see how this impacts their preseason rankings. I really am because A and M. We talked about it a ton. The belief. That I had that they were going to be the most overrated team in college football coming into this year. Mm-hmm. Are they going to lose a little bit of that momentum? We have SEC rankings that are going to be the the order of finish is going to be coming out um, on I think that comes out on Friday. We have to vote for it by the end of the day on Thursday. And is a And M going to slip to third? Are they going to be maybe not a top ten team coming into the season? I don't know. I'm not necessarily sure. All I know is Anaya Smith is a really good football player who does a lot of things for him, punt return, mm-hmm. also gets carries out of the backfield every once in a while. I know he did that a lot more in 2020. But still, they need him to be impactful. And now this is not the storyline that they were looking for. And to be honest with you, we usually don't dig into when a guy gets like a DUI or something like that. But this is something that can have major implications in the SEC West. And if you were kind of one of those people who's on the fence about AM, and you're not looking at the situation going. Uh, I have more questions than ever about this team.
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm trying to get to say this, you know, cuz it wasn't that long ago that I or we were in college and it's like I'm trying to not blame the kid, but at the same time it's like dude, you were about to go to SEC media days and represent your program. Like it's not like it it's was a tough look. A, It's yeah. not like it was a camp day, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it's like you were you were about to fly out and you got caught like what was his last day in college station.
0: Um, eh, probably today would have been, no, today would have been his last day. Wednesday would have been his last day, and it was Tuesday into Wednesday. Wednesday. Right,
1: exactly. Yeah. So, like, yeah, he just didn't have much time. Like, it's like, hey, man, let's just take the week off from doing this. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know, it's ter- it's tough, because then at that point, you start looking at a guy's draft stock, like, costing yourself money on one hand, and then the other hand, it's like, man, like...
0: A kid have returned do- to school, by the way, as well, and could have probably gone to the NFL. I don't know how early of a yeah. week he would have been, but somebody who came back to school and you... You know that's we talked about it like this with Chris Rodriguez as well, who's we, we, you know as of this recording still don't know what that punishment's going to be. But those guys who return to school and then they, they get in trouble and how frustrating that, right? Could yeah, be. I think that AM is going to be one of the more polarizing teams in college football. Until further notice, they have become this offseason, one of the most polarizing teams. I mean, between the Jimbo Saban spat, which Will <laughs> Anderson. <laughs> If you saw, probably the most noteworthy thing that came out of Alabama's um, portion of media days on Tuesday was Will Anderson Anderson saying that uh, we'll settle that with A&M on October 8th.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then we had Leon O'Neal
0: Jr. talking about how, you know, like, bro had one tackle in the game last year. I'm pretty sure... You shouldn't
1: respond to Will Anderson by questioning how good he is at football. So you're telling me well, let me just take a break. Leon O'Neal started his career by beefing with Darius Geist. That's how long that guy's been beefing with him. I remember, that. I remember that. Right. Yeah. That was like when I was still at SDSU. He likes the jobs. He likes the jobs. Right. Yeah. But it's like, dude, like, let's read the room a little bit. Will Anderson is like the one guy. It's like do not say anything don't, to him. Yeah. Don't look at him. Don't sniff him. Don't just pretend he's not there. Just, <laughs>
0: just pretend that, you know what? Just if he's gonna say something like there's a reason people don't talk crap to Aaron Donald.
1: Right, exactly.
0: Will Anderson to college football is Aaron Donald to the NFL. Mm -hmm. Okay. Probably not the best move, but Will Anderson, not necessarily a man of a ton of words, but I thought that was pretty impactful. And then oh you had Nick Saban stopping the rain. Did you did you see the way that this played out? Okay, so I gotta tell you this. (laughs) Okay. This is one of those things that like you can see some of these things on TV, but it's like kind of surreal to, to see this play out in person. This was bizarre. In the Hall of Fame, the way that they have it set up in the main area, for everybody, for anybody who's ever been to the College Football Hall of Fame, they have this roof that's like built out of the same material that they had at the old Georgia Dome. I'm right. not sure if it's trying to mimic that or whatever the case. When it rains, it is a pounding on the, that roof. Yeah. And you hear it loud and clear. And so Tuesday morning, Nick Saban gets up to the microphone and it's like before that, it's just monsooning. I mean, it is raining hard. Nick Saban steps up there, and it just stops raining. Man, and the first question that he gets is from Bob Holt, and Bob Holt, Arkansas Democrat, is that a legend of the game. Basically, asked Nick Saban if he had the power to stop the rain, because it sure as hell felt like it. It was unbelievable. I've never seen anything like that, and so it ended up like continuing a little bit like later when he was speaking. But man, uh, that's that's the aura of Nick Saban. It's unlike
1: anything. That's actually hilarious. Yeah, because I remember it too super hard yesterday. And of course, thanks to Nick Saban, my my grass didn't get over water. So thanks, Nick. Yes, <laughs> that's that's a good callback. I like that.
0: I like that. Okay, other SEC Media Days takeaways. We'll, we'll focus primarily on the stuff that happened on Wednesday, unless we really want to dig into Mike Leach and his Netflix recommendations. Sure, man. We don't need to. We don't need to. (laughs) Netflix
1: and chill with Mike Leach. Yes, I asked Leach. (laughs) That's the
0: podcast I need. Okay, so uh, a a little birdie told me on Monday that Mike Leach was a big Outer Banks guy. Okay. I then got the ultimate setup from Greg Sankey, who said that Leach had some Netflix recommendations. I didn't personally get that setup. Sankey told the masses when he introduced Mike Leach that he had some Netflix recommendations. So naturally, third question comes my way, gotta ask him, what are your recommendations for Netflix? He kinda played it off like he doesn't really watch Netflix that much, but he does. Right. He definitely does. Doesn't wanna be the guy who's making five million dollars a year and he's got like fifty Netflix shows and you're
1: like kinda like, is that too many? Is that too many for somebody in your position? State employee, maybe I don't know. It's like college football coaches are all like in an insane off, except for Nick Saban talking about cleaning house. Yes. but like that's the thing. Like when you're at that level, you could joke about being a regular guy, but like every other fan base is like, we want a guy to never have a personality. We yeah. want him to just be watching football. He doesn't need Netflix.
0: Well, Kirby Kirby Smart talked about that as well, and he's uh, talked about that. I think it was at the Texas High School Coaches Clinic and wherein Kirby said, like, I was thinking about stepping down. I was like too burnt out. Yeah, isn't that crazy? He didn't say that at SEC media days, but he right. talked about like. That burnout, and he talked about how he's telling staff to come in like later in the day on Friday. And it's like, what a crazy concept. Don't get burnt out. Talked about that a lot with people this week in the business, uh, when it comes to you know coaching and all those different things. You can get burnt out very, very easily doing this. Hey hey, this son, you've had a
1: really big week. You can come in at seven on Friday. Yeah, <laughs> not, not, don't, come in at, don't come
0: in at five, come in at seven. Right. Um, but yes, takeaways. We had all the quarterbacks on Wednesday. So so many quarterbacks: Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, KJ Jefferson, Stetson Bennett. Stetson is never what I expected to be. I'm gonna try and find the right words to say. He just kind of has this glossy look about him, and I like. Look, I'm gonna. I'm not accusing a kid of anything like that. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm okay. just no, no. I'm just saying like there was, and there was one instance where I know he was on radio with with somebody somebody that I'm tight with, friend of the show, and he's like, Stetson was was talking, and he's like, oh yeah, like media days, like, I actually thought it was going to be really hard, or something like that, because remember, this is a six-year senior, he's been around forever, but he's not used to doing stuff like this. Right. He's not used to being in a, in a media circus in the same sort of way, and even when he was doing the national championship media stuff, like all that stuff was on Zoom, so it's a right. little bit different. So in the middle of this interview, Stetson said something to the effect of, I lost my train of thought and then he just had to be like brought back to earth. And it's he, he's just an he's just an interesting guy. And I wonder how much of it is him just kind of being in a daze and realizing that his life has changed a lot in the last year. Maybe there's some of that, but I don't know. He's just uh he's just an interesting guy. Kirby talking about the, the disrespect of Stetson, who doesn't show up in a lot of top-five quarterback rankings, very popular thing to do this week, top-five quarterback
1: Man, to I, I texted you about yes. that. I heard one of, like, Georgia Sports Radio I started to text you about. it. it I, I'm not going to take you to the show or anything, but they were, like, talking about, oh, you know, Stetson could be the second or third-best quarterback in the SEC. It's like, okay, man. Like, everybody at this point can play to their base. You know, like, I'm everybody. sure the Kentucky stations are saying their yep. they're guy's the second, the South Carolina stage, but it's like... Yeah, and that's the fun part about this year. Is like one is pretty clearly taken, but you can make an argument for almost anyone too. Two. two through eight, bit of a mess. Bit <laughs> of a mess.
0: It's, uh, Kirby said that uh, Stetson is one of the least respected good players in the country. think that's just a nice
1: way of saying he's underrated. I don't know. I, I can't feel <laughs> sorry for Stetson Biddle. I'm sorry. I just He's lived a storybook life in he's, this way. He's lived an unbelievable <laughs> life. He's lived an unbelievable
0: life. There's no doubt about it. But yeah, just just interesting. Didn't necessarily get a whole lot of time with him. The media scrum around him uh-huh. was one of the biggest that I've seen. Again, I've only been doing this since 2018, so I wasn't there for the Manziel stuff when he was coming back. That media scrum was all time. That'll yeah. probably never be topped. But this was massive. Everybody wanted to talk to Stetson I think, Like his media scrum was bigger than Bryce Young's.
1: Oh wow, which is crazy. Yeah. So Very other so so then Bryce would be the number two guy behind him
0: probably uh will Anderson had a ton of people mm. um but yeah other than that Anthony Richardson had a lot of people as well I thought that uh, there was one other one that I'm forgetting who was it but some a lot of times with those like I don't even attempt to get that close to them because it's it's like what's what's the point when I'm not going to be able to, to ask a question in that specific area and you can just hear everything they're saying from the speakers so right not the best setting but not complaining about it at all KJ Jefferson Arkansas players love that, too. Good. We love that, dude. <laughs> I was about to say. Right. Love, we love that, dude. Jalen Catalan talked about the disrespect. This is a great time of year for disrespect. Everybody's getting Everybody's disrespected, getting like, except Alabama. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Some of the KJ stuff is a bit all over the place. But um, Bumper Pool brought up how you see the way that he has worked to get to where he's at, the improved conditioning. And all the different things that he's kind of had to go through in his career, the change in offense, the the fact that he had, like, this entirely new system come in. I had somebody that I talked to today that's very close to the program that was telling me, like, what well, gets kind of lost in the shuffle with KJ's career and his development is the role that Felipe Franks played in mm-hmm. his career. 2020, that's year two for KJ at Arkansas – and instead of being like, oh, I've got to like sit behind this, this veteran guy. Or what like, I don't, Do I need to listen to him? Because at that point, Felipe Franks talk about polarizing. That's, that's a very polarizing type player. And what this person told me was Felipe said, this is what you need to do, and this is what you don't need to do. Mm-hmm. And KJ really grew up from that. And that was something that he needed to do. And even last year at this time, he admitted he was super stressed out about being the man. It's hard. It, if you're not used to to commanding the respect of an entire locker room, which is what you have to do to be a good quarterback in this league, mm-hmm. some of that stuff can get to you, man. Like some of that stuff can can really weigh on you. And if you're making those decisions, which I still think KJ can actually improve it as a decision maker. Despite the high completion percentage, despite the low interceptions, I'm not saying he makes bad decisions. I'm saying he can take more risks. Mm-hmm. He can be willing to take more of those chances. But I think that does kind of impact you to a certain extent. So I loved getting to, to talk with uh, with KJ. I did a piece on him, SaturdayDownSouth.com, shameless plug. We'll talk about that with Tebow as well, like I said. And, yeah, I, I was kind of wondering about this. The, the quarterbacks that were in Atlanta today, KJ, Stetson, Levis, Richardson.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How should those quarterbacks be ranked?
1: Give me the list again. Hold on. KJ. Yeah. Stetson Bennett. Yeah. Will Levis. Yeah. Anthony Richardson. Gosh, I mean, it's got to be Levis or Richardson. I'm sorry, uh, Levis or man, Either. or KJ. Yes, Levis or KJ. There we go. And then I think they're they're going to be one and two. Sorry, like I said, very long day for both of us. But I think they, they have to be one and two in some order, but you could sell me either one. Yeah.
0: I, I would put Richardson last in that group. Yeah, I think that's the, the most definitive thing, just because he's improved. I'm not, if we're talking potential, that's a totally different story. Yeah. I'm saying who would I want leading my team tomorrow? I would still probably have Richardson last in that department, just because I think in terms of making some of those mistakes – That would worry me a little bit with him. Mm -hmm. And then, I, yeah, I mean, I would probably... We're going to come up with official quarterback rankings soon, (laughs) as you said. We will be doing those soon. Um, But I would probably... So, in order of those guys, I guess I would go KJ, Ben Ben Bennett Levis is tough. I just keep going back and forth with them. You know what? I'll give the edge to Stetson. I'll give the edge to Stetson... I would say K.J., Stetson, Levis, Richardson. And I like Will Levis
1: a lot, so that feels weird. Uh, but think about like if you put K.J. on Georgia, because he's a dual threat guy too. Like I don't know. I think Georgia would probably get a little bit better. And K.J. could execute
0: Munkin's offense because yeah. highest he had the, the highest PFF grade on downfield throws of any SEC quarterback. That includes Bryce. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Which, again, how much of that is Traylon Burks? Being able to have a guy who can kind of separate – We'll we'll be very much following that entire storyline. Arkansas players talked about that as well, about that's a a, a total unknown. KJ said that they asked the janitor to keep the lights on in the facility so that they can come in and get the extra work. But it's a thing. I mean, that's a real thing. It's been well documented. We don't need to spend any more time necessarily discussing that. But it did feel like those four quarterbacks today, somebody's getting disrespected. Everybody's getting disrespected at some point, right? And if the one that I... If you're Anthony Richardson and, and you're, or you're a Florida fan, you're saying Anthony Richardson's getting disrespected. It's like, well, let's, let's see what it looks like when he starts two games in a row, three games in a row. Right. And, and the thing is, too, like
1: he's situation. also in like arguably the best situation because there's not a ton that's expected from him. You know what I'm saying? Like, Interesting. Yeah. He might just come out and be awesome and, like, quote-unquote surprise people. You know what I'm saying? But it's not like everyone's like, oh, you need to be a 30-touchdown guy. Your season's a bust like some of these other guys. You know yeah. what I'm saying?
0: Whereas KJ, with a really tough schedule, if he goes, like, 7-5, and five, the, the KJ skeptics will be like, see, this is what I told you about. It's like, even though he just delivered Arkansas its best season in a decade, right. they'll still say that. If Will Levis doesn't live up the first-round hype, people will be like, oh, see, this is exactly what I was saying. Will Levis is super overrated. Right. If Stetson Bennett doesn't repeat for Georgia, people will be like, oh, see, this is why Stetson isn't good, and this is why Brock Bandegrift for Carson Beck should be the starter. <laughs> yeah. So you're exactly right. Anthony Richardson has the, the least amount of expectations, and it's not even particularly close. So... It is going to be a conversation that's going to be all over the place during the season. We might just have to do quarterback rankings once a month because that's <laughs> what this week has taught me. Yeah, Everybody's got an opinion, and I don't necessarily feel like any of them are that egregious. Some are more egregious than others, though. My interactions today. I think I one-upped the mustard bottle question to Lane and the Netflix question to Leach with my Sam Pittman question. That's a brag, but I think I did. I think I did. I realized that uh, I never got a chance to ask Pittman about his hog statue slash fountain. Because he came on our podcast like three weeks before that was announced, I think. Um, I can't remember the exact amount of time. But I asked him about the motivation to get said hog statue. And his <laughs> answer was unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. I got I to read this. Okay. I got the full quote right here. The hog statue. I bought the Marlin house and big old Marlin had a big Marlin over here. Had a guy catching a (laughs) Marlin over here. Just picture this. The guy over here, he was like this. He was looking the Marlin on the other part of it or hooking the Marlin on the other part of it. Jamie and I bought it on August 1st. August 3rd, the storm came through, knocked the Marlin down. Marlin shot water into the lake. So my mind went into a slobbering hog. Insurance company came through. Brandon White was the guy I called about the hog. I just thought the hog was going to be out there this thing is incredible to be honest with you he's got lights on him red whatever color lights you want the water shoots up it looks like he's slobbering down into the lake that's the story behind it it's really kind of cool boats on parade coming down uh, to the house they call the hogs i got a sign that says uh don't get on the hog a few people do that i wish they'd read the sign <laughs> He said that way better than I could have. So just to look up the clip, but Sam Pittman is the most likable coach in America. He is a national treasure.
1: And that is way more than I could have ever
0: hoped for by asking that question.
1: Yeah, no, he's a king. I mean, we've obviously had him on the podcast, and I just... Our, I mean, Arkansas is America's team. It's very simple. They are. Yeah. There's there's no debate. That that confirms
0: everything. If, if you were one of those people that was like, no, I can't like... Because I've... I've I've talked to people this week who will say ah, I think Shane Beamer is a little bit of a tryhard I think Eli drinkwitz is a little bit of a tryhard nobody says anything negative about Pittman
1: he just is who he is like he's the ultimate like have you ever heard like dew drop yes yes. he's like oh I got like this like multi-million dollar contract gotta get a hog statue yes. now like immediately <laughs> like okay cool man yeah
0: he liked that part of the question as well I asked him like whether or not the 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 timing of it was related to him knowing that he had a new contract on the way <laughs> which more or less was like yeah okay you get that that statue when you know that you're going to be around for a little bit Mm -hmm. I had an awkward interaction with Billy Napier well I I know I've talked up my questions and given myself a big fat pat on the back my Napier question brought me back down to earth so (laughs) the guy before me asked a question about Billy Napier's late dad coaching through illness his dad died of Lou Gehrig's disease Napier gets choked up he's like holding back tears, right. and it's, it's, it's like a really touching moment. And the way this works, I'm, ne- I, I'm next asked the question, and I'm like, crap. Okay. I said out loud, before I even asked, I'm like, I don't know how I'm gonna follow that up, and then I proceeded to ask him about why he rocks a buzz cut even though he is not Balding. It wasn't the best transition in the history of SEC Media Days, it might be the worst. He's holding like the, back uh, tears. And he's talking about... And I, he gets some idiot asking about his haircut. <laughs> which
1: he's never spent more than 10 seconds thinking about. That was rough. That was rough. You were like the, uh, the Big Ten running back of sports journalists. It's like, boom, boogie dog, you know, Ronde. Like, hey, I got my question. I wrote it down. We're going to do it. <laughs> I couldn't pivot.
0: How do you pivot off of that? Like, seriously though, because then I was thinking about it after I'm like, maybe I'm beating myself up. It was it was probably worse the fact that I was asking like kind of I was asking something I was really lighthearted. But it would have been a lot it how much worse would it have been if I said, Oh, hey, what do you think about your new your new defense this year? Do you think you're gonna be able to get production at middle linebacker this time around? Healthy Ventro, Miller, like I don't know. That's still awkward too. No, yeah. He, you never see coaches get that emotional in a yeah. press conference where he was it was like instantly choked up. And it wasn't a particularly long answer. So I didn't even – it was like 15, 20 seconds. Like I didn't have time to
1: pivot off of that. No, you're right. You were just up. Like you said, whoever whoever had the next question would have been like the sacrificial lamb in that spot. You just had a funny question. So it just had to be you. It was rough. <laughs> yeah. Swing, swing
0: and a miss by your boy. It was. Uh, bigger swing and a miss. Hmm. Jim Phillips, ACC commissioner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> he said, and I quote – It remains my belief that there's no better conference in the country than the ACC. Who's going to tell? I mean,
1: he knows.
0: (laughs) Why do commissioners get up there and say this crap? You don't have to. There is nothing... But bad that comes from saying that. Mm-hmm. Do you think other coaches or fans or whatever of the ACC look at you saying that and think to themselves, oh, this is a commissioner who gets it? I think to myself, this is a commissioner who's lost his freaking mind if he actually thinks that. Right. There's no argument. None. If, if you want to say maybe – in, in one specific category, one specific sport, we want to talk basketball. All right, that's fine. You're at football media days, guy. Right. What And also, you were at Northwestern for all those years. So I don't necessarily know that you're the best person to be speaking about how strong the ACC is considering the conference hasn't done squats since you've been there. But I thought that was just... Cringe. And he also took shots at the SEC in the Big Ten by claiming that college football should be a healthy neighborhood and not a two and not two to three gated communities. I yeah. <laughs> Would you be saying that if you were in one of the two or three gated communities? No. no. Yeah. Weird look. Really, really weird look. Probably not the weirdest comment of the week, though.
1: Wait, 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 hold on. I just wanna say his actual quote was like we're the best co- uh, conference in America, da da, da da in every way except for revenue, which was like the best oh, part yeah, of yeah, the yeah. quote. Good point. Because it was like that's like the old the classic uh, operation was success, however the patient died. Yeah. It's like okay, in all the ways that don't matter, like we have cool logos, our food's yes. good. That's great, man. That's super yes. great. All we care about at this point is revenue. So that's why everybody's trying to leave. Like. Exactly. Okay, so which was worse? I need your expert opinion
0: on this. That or Clark Lee. Saying (laughs) (laughs) that that he knew in time that Vanderbilt is going to be the best program in the country.
1: It was that time, nineteen forty-two. Even then, (laughs) I feel like he didn't specify. While the men were at war, Vanderbilt was the the team of the town.
0: (laughs) We—I don't know what the local hardware store was doing with their backfield, but I bet they competed. All right, the fact that a coach of a program that hasn't had a major major stadium renovation in four decades is coming out and saying that is insanity to me. And it was one of those comments that I actually I, I missed it when he said it live and I saw uh, and I saw our, our good friend Barrett's lee tweet about it and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did he say mm-hmm. this in some side room or something like this? And then I get on social media and I, I see it on like the ESPN accounts. And even they can't take that seriously. That's when you know you messed up. Why you don't have to say that? That's my biggest thing. Like, you can just say nothing. Right. You can say nothing in some of these spots. You don't have to set the bar so high because I don't think a lot of these coaches, athletic directors realize how the internet works and how easy it is to quote tweet something. You're a big quote tweet guy, you're a big quote tweet and troll type of guy on social media. People feast off that. Yeah. You set your program back when you do those things. All you got to say is, hey, like the progress that we're making here. like the progress we're making there. I feel like we're really doing a good job in our community being able to raise money, improve our standard, improve our quality. We're doing this. I feel really good about our defense and the strides that we're making, blah, blah, blah.
1: You can't be the program that
0: hasn't won a conference game this decade and then talk about being the best program in the country.
1: Okay? You just can't. Yeah, there's like two thought approaches. You're exactly right. Like you need to be the pragmatic, cool guy. It's like, okay, like, Okay, so you're a Cubs fan, right? The Cubs brand for so long is, like, we're, like, these cool, this cool team. Our fans are really cool down to earth. They were not trying to be the Yankees. They knew who they were. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, like, that's what made the Cubs endearing. But it's, like, the other teams, like, you know, that, that try to be, like, um, you know, these super teams that just don't work. Is It's just worse. Whenever you put the bar super duper high and then you go low of it, it's like everyone's rooting for you to fail. Not that we're all rooting for Vandy to fail, we don't really care, honestly. Like, not being mean, but it's like... No, I, I know. Mean, and then no one's... Yeah, no one's... That's the thing, there is no one who's like, doubting, like, sleeping on Vandy. It's like, we're all hopeful for Clark Lee. I think that, not being mean, it probably can't get a lot worse. Like, he's probably going to be better than they were. Like, yes. we're rooting for his improvement. And for...
0: And I'm gonna cover this up by saying something nice about Vandy. Mike Wright was tremendous. That guy is awesome. He talked about his Hercules Beetle pin that he got. He's like, Hercules Beetle lifts 800 times its body weight. That's what I'm doing here for Vandy. That's how I'm representing this program. I was like, yes, I am sold. Mike Wright has some juice. That's what we always say. Mm -hmm. I loved his interactions with the media. I thought he was tremendous. Probably the best-dressed guy in Atlanta. That's, That's about as far as it goes in terms of nice things that we can say about a program that hasn't won an SEC game since 2019. But hey, he's got them. He's got the boys playing hard. So there you go. Got the boys playing hard. That's all you can do. All right, let's talk more quarterbacks. Let's kick it to Tim Tebow first, and then Jordan Rodgers. Again, lots of different SEC quarterback stuff. I picked apart their rankings. Uh, We sort of all just agreed that ranking quarterbacks is especially hard. So here is Tim and Jordan. Now excited to be joined by a very special guest. It is a man that I think a couple SEC fans have heard of before. Uh, you know him as Tim Tebow. Uh, Tim, you're here today on behalf of the Allstate Good Works team. Uh, we've talked to you many times before about what you do with Allstate and the great work that you do with them. Can you give us a little refresher, give us an update on on, on Allstate? Because I know you know they've, they've gotten into the NIL space. They've yeah. done some different things. Tell us about the work you're doing with them.
2: Well, just releasing the nominees, the 114 nominees that are all so deserving. It's Amazing every time um, I, I'm fortunate to also get the chance to vote, and it is so hard. So, you know, you have the chance to vote on a 11 for the FBS, 11 for the FCS, and then one coach. And it is so hard to break it down because you have so many of these young men that are doing incredible things in their communities, but honestly for some of them around the world and it is so inspiring And i think especially you know we're here at sec media days and we're hyping so much stuff up rightfully so what why don't we hype up what these young men are doing you know um shoot mike jones from lsu is one of the most impressive young men i've had the chance to be around and that has nothing to do with the game of football and there's so many other amazing young men that um that are here for sec media days but are also um you know, been nominees for um, the All-State FCA Good Works team, and it's incredible to see. And I hope people go check out, you know, some of these kids' bios and what they've done, and and ultimately vote for um, the ones that you feel like are most deserving. But it's crazy to to think that they're eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old, and they're having this big of an impact. It's pretty cool.
0: Of all the conversations that we're having right now in college ath in college athletics about NIL, and it's all about money, it's all about this, this, and this. It's kind of nice to see. You Tim Tebow of all people in the world of course riding a breath of fresh air.
2: Well I think that, that they're the ones that are having a breath of breath of fresh air because a lot of them are getting some of the NIL deals, but they're also so many of them are putting it to amazing use. I mean one of you know, Kayla Williams from from USC, you know, he's I think he's doing pretty well in NIL. But you know what, he's also already started his foundation and he's truly making an impact and so many more are and I just think it's awesome, right? It's because now what they're doing is they're 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 taking this success and they're also turning it into significance and that's pretty cool.
0: Okay, we got to talk quarterback rankings. I, I warned you a little bit that we're going to have some disagreement. That's okay. We You have, so for those who don't know, you came out with the quarterback rankings this week at SEC Media Days. You have, obviously, Bryce Young at mm-hmm. one. You had Will Levis at two. You had uh, Anthony Richardson at three. And then Spencer Radler at four. And Hendon Hooker at five. Yeah. First thing I noticed right away, and we're, we're going to get to a few of the, we'll get to at least three of the guys that, that you kind of left, to, or maybe didn't give enough love to, in my fair opinion. Fair. KJ Jefferson. Yeah. What did he? What does he need to show you to be in his top five? Why is he not in your top five?
2: Honestly, he doesn't really need to show me anything because it's not necessarily just about KJ. It's about his supporting staff around him and really wanting to see if he has enough receivers that are going to be able to help him. And I argued with myself for hours about where KJ should be because he is he is so right there and it's not that he's not deserving he is one of my favorite players in the SEC um, I love the way he plays I love his toughness I love the way he's led certain times he's put the team on his back so I'm a KJ fan um, you know it's just when you're evaluating all these guys it is just so close and if I felt like he had a receiver to step up that could really enhance the passing game like he had last year, I think he would move up that rankings pretty fast, and there's also question marks. There's question marks with the USC. Who are going to be some of those receivers that are going to help Spencer? You know, um, I think the offense with Heupel, um is is something that Hendon has a chance to really succeed in. Um, you know, you look at Ar, and I think he has maybe the highest ceiling, one of the highest ceilings in college football. Um, you know, I think Will is underrated. You know, but there's question marks. Who's going to catch the rock there? You know, Wondell Robinson is gone. Um, you're, I think they'll have a decent running game with Chris Rodriguez but and a good defense, but he's still going to need some help there. Um, and then, you know, Bryce, he's, he's just kind of silly how, you know, good he's been last year. Um, but it's, it's a really, really good year for quarterbacks in the SEC. I think out of my time covering, it was maybe nine years or something now. I think it might be one of the deepest years.
0: I think it's the deepest since at least 2013. And I, I don't really, and I actually like went back and looked at 2013, I'm thinking to myself, I think it's actually deeper than that class because there are seven to eight fan bases who think they have a top ten quarterback in the country. Yeah. And that kind of speaks to the disagreement. Yeah. You're going to upset someone at some point. Counterpoint with Anthony Richardson because, agree, tremendous talent. We think that given the opportunity to be the starter, Billy Napier may be correcting some of those mistakes, he's going to have a really high ceiling. But the weapons. Yeah. I don't know about the weapons that Florida has. I don't know if I'm a Justin Shorter believer after all this time, the former five-star recruit. I don't know if I'm necessarily all-in in a post-Copeland world and all these weapons that they had in 2020 are gone. So how have you talked yourself into kind of the weapons around him?
2: Well, um, you know, I do think they have some, some pretty good young talent, but um, I agree. Some of those guys have to step up. I've, I've, I've watched Shorter a lot. Have Shoot, I've had over years had the chance to throw to him as well. I've seen his ability. And his ability is off the charts now you have to be someone that comes through and clutch you know you have to be someone that finishes your routes and catches the ball and you know in traffic and i think he can he's shown it but now you got to be consistent and again you got to you step up and have support but really you look at every one of those teams that we've talked about every one of them you know if there's a question mark it's who's going to be their go-to guys at receiver which is kind of crazy and bama Okay, so... I mean, it's not that they're not talented, but, you know, they're gonna, we're going to have to find out who's going to step up for the, the Jamison Williams, the Devontae Smith, all those guys that every year they've had guys that have gone from where we know they're talented to become superstars. Now, we don't know who's going to be that next guy for them this year.
0: Very true. I, Tyler Harrell, the transfer from Louisville, is really, really intriguing. Everybody's excited about Jermaine Burton, the transfer from Georgia. Yeah. I'm a little bit lower on him, but I, I'm interested in, in your, your impression. Speaking of Georgia, and yeah. Bennett, now putting him in your top five, winning a national championship. You, you took some heat, I imagine, when that came out, and you're like, all right, of course the Gator doesn't have and Bennett in his top five.
2: <laughs> um, I hope people look a little bit different. I try to be... Um, not let you know the bias of being a Gator get in the way when I try to analyze players and teams um you know obviously you know um you know in Jacksonville that game's going on you know people know who I'm rooting for but when I I'm in front of a camera talking about these players um, I actually feel like it's pretty easy not to let bias get in the way because it's um, integrity comes first and you want to be right and you want to be honest with your opinion and so I think very highly of Stetson and you can go back all last year and and listen to all of the SEC nations how you know I had his back way more so than a lot of people um, but I, I just think when you when you're looking at from top to bottom all these players he's just slightly right behind them
0: okay Hennan Hooker 31 to 3 t die and t ratio all of the questions that we just talked about with receiver he doesn't have. In my opinion, he's got the best returning receiver in the SEC and Cedric Tillman, who is just a dude and took off last year. Why only number five for Hendon Hooker?
2: It's <laughs> a good question. <laughs> it's it's because Spencer's really talented right above him. And you know what's funny is me and Jordan and several other guys, we went back and forth, and you could make a case that, you know, Hendon could move all the way up to number two very quickly. You could, you know um, – and i think the margin really from two to about eight is uh, i think in all honesty i i would even want to be fair to say that i'm open to switching it at any time based on the receivers the tight ends like you can make a case that Hinden should be number two and there's a good case for it right and so i think that's where i like trying to be honest about it is this isn't a done sign seal deliver list it's a list because you know espn says hey can we come up with the list and so at this moment you know in the middle of july you know this is what i feel like is is the best but also injuries um i think it'll change throughout the season too because you'll see guys rise to the level you'll see guys get support um so Hinden could absolutely move up that because i've been so impressed with him in certain games i do want to see um, Tennessee's offense take the next step and him take the next step and their ability to finish not just put up points but finish games because now you got to go to the next level of okay you know we know how that we can be explosive and we can hit big plays but now we got to figure out when we're in these games in the fourth quarter we got to be a team that finishes because for Tennessee to take the next step that's where they have to that's where they have to do it and that's offense defense special teams in every way alright if we're up and we got to change to a four-minute offense. We got to have a good four-minute offense. You know, if it's third and two, we got to know that we can go pound the rock and, and, and be able to gain a first down there. And so that's where I think they could take the next step. You're one of the few people on planet Earth who knows what it's like to try and have to repeat as a Heisman winner. And obviously, like, that's
0: not your goal. You know, winning a national championship takes precedence over that. But Bryce Young is, is trying to, in an ideal world, he'd win a Heisman trophy, he'd win a national championship this year
2: the grind of coming back after a Heisman season
0: what is that truly
2: like yeah it's definitely a weight it's definitely um burden you definitely know that you're getting um a lot of people's best but I would say the weight coming off a national championship is that much more um so people are saying yes there is a weight on him but it's I think Bama is not feeling that. I think Bama is feeling more of the opposite. I think Bama is feeling the edge, feeling the edge of we were so close. We let it get away. You know, our receivers got hurt, blah, blah, all these, you know. And now it's like, okay, you know, I've had, I was just with him last week um, in Pasadena for the um, Nissan Heisman House commercials, and he's, I mean, the guy is just poised. Um, he's so calm you know, people say this about every calm, cool, collected. People throw these phrases around. He really is, though. Like, he, he really, genuinely is. I don't think he's feeling a lot of weight, a lot of pressure. I think he's feeling a sense of, like, I'm excited for this year. Like, I think they feel really good about the team they have. I mean... Offense, defense, I think that they're excited. I think some of these receivers will show up for them. I think mean, they got a few good transfers, left tackle, running back. Um, they're going to have two really good explosive uh, defensive end pass rushers. Um, you know, uh, middle linebacker coming back, secondary is going to be one of the best in the country. I mean, you look at this team, and I think not only do they have that talent, I think they have the edge a little bit too mentally.
0: You uh, Are you bigger than Derrick Henry at this point? Like, you like- you lift more than him. You throw around more weight than him because I saw the pictures at the Heisman House, and I was like, "Tim, you know, I, I I think you could give him a run for his money." I don't know. Derek is a monster. Have you ever seen? Right, him? How about just upper body? Just upper body.
2: Uh, I don't know. He's got it. He, Derek's huge. um No, I. He, Derek is a monster, and he's a, a hard worker. He's in the gym all the time, and he's just so naturally God-gifted strong. Like, and, you know, he um, was from Yulee, Florida, a little uh, town right near Jacksonville, and Florida missed him, you know?
0: You, you think about that when you go to bed at night, don't you?
2: I don't, but I do give him a hard time about it. We talk about it all the time. He tries to tell me if, um, if we were in the same class and he was going to Bama, he would have got me to go to Bama with him, and I tell him that, yeah, right, he would have been going to Florida with me. So... That sliding door is fascinating. You just made
0: every single SEC fan's head spin. Uh, last one for you. I know you gotta you gotta run here. Uh, do you have a, a Heisman favorite? Having spent time at the Heisman House,
2: I um, I think it, it's so close. I think I'd probably give a slight edge maybe to CJ Stroud. Um, not necessarily because I think he's better than than Bryce. I think their schedule lines up in a much more favorable. Um, I mean, we're 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 trying to you know pick between two amazing quarterbacks and and the two amazing teams and so i think the schedule i think um, lines up favorably for them but i also I, I think if they win a lot of games Caleb Williams has a chance um, i'm not sure how good their team's going to be down the stretch and i, I just i want to throw a guy out there that's a total dark horse and people think i'm crazy i don't know if their team's good enough and i don't know if they're going to win enough games but I think Deuce falling out of Kansas State is awesome. I think he's a monster. I think he's a little bit different, but sort of similar to Darren Sproles when Sproles was there. Ugh, people need to watch that kid. If they don't know who he is, go look up his highlights and watch him this year. It's worth the price of admission.
0: Tim, really appreciate the time on behalf of the All State Good Works team. Love the work that you're doing, man. We'll have to do this again sometime. Yes,
2: absolutely. Appreciate you. Thanks.
0: Now, excited to be joined by a very special guest. It is our good friend Jordan Rogers. Jordan, welcome back to America. What's it like to be in the United States again? I'll
3: tell you what, I uh, have never felt so bad about just my body when I look at myself in the mirror. Uh, you know, you get in shape for the wedding, right? It takes you months. You start. I got five months. Okay, I'm gonna get in really good shape. I got in great shape for my wedding in May, and then we traveled in in Italy. I ate nothing but pizza and gelato every single day, at least once a day. Most days I had gelato twice and it's like, it took five or six months for me to be like, oh, there's a couple abs. Okay. I feel like I'm in good shape. And then it's like, wow. Two weeks in, I'm like, it's gone. It's all out the window. So I was happy, fat and happy. You know, you
0: have to do two gelatos every single day you're in Rome because it's like, when am I
3: going to get to do this again? It's the afternoon gelato, right? After lunch, you're walking around, it's hot. You're like, ah, gelato. And then after dinner, you, you like, you have to. So. Yeah, it, my waistline's uh, not agreeing with that those life choices. But uh, well, we'll try to get back in fighting shape by the time football comes around. Well, congratulations on the nuptials, by the way. Heard a thing or two about it. Saw a picture
0: or two. You know, it kind of made its way around the internet. But married life—is
3: it any different for you? No, I mean we were engaged for six years, so we've been trying to get this thing done for a while. Uh, no different. Um, yeah, really not different at all. Was Chad at the wedding? No, he wasn't. You know, the invite must have got lost in the mail. I'm not sure. Yeah, I had an open spot, you know, uh, in my groomsmen. But you live and you learn.
0: Should we argue about quarterback rankings? You want to do that? I would love that, yes. Let's do it. Okay, so you came out with your rankings. Yeah. The most crap... You you and Tebow both came out with them at the same time. I already gave him crap about his this morning. He didn't have KJ Jefferson in his top five. blasphemy
3: I know. It's ridiculous. The most crap that you got for your rankings was what? Probably... Probably not having Stetson in the top five, which I even came on. I was getting crap on stage, and I was like, hey, look, he's my six. I, like I ranked him all the way out, and I'm like, he's six for me. Look, the issue is we learned, I think the question last year was, can Stetson be a superstar when they need him? They didn't need him to, right? We learned that, and even before the championship game, I picked Alabama. But I said, it's not gonna be because Stetson is not gonna perform well. Thought he would perform really well, he did, they won that football game. We know that answer now, the problem is for Stetson, part of ranking quarterbacks is half talent not half but part talent part production part projection and it's just they're not going to need him to there'll be one or two games where he needs to be a superstar throw for 300 plus yards a couple touchdowns for them to win but primarily they can win running the football with him being effective not wowing people which is just if he was in a different system it might be different but uh, that's where I had him. Got a lot a lot of crap for that. I have, I have a ton of respect for Stetson. I was very skeptical last year, very, very critical at times. I think at times with Warren, at times that's just how I see football. Um, but he proved all the doubters wrong, and I think he's going to be playing with a different confidence this year and a, and a scary set of weapons. So he very well could surprise me and surprise everyone else as well. little peel behind the onion here.
0: So as we were about to start recording, Stetson actually walked by you, uh-huh. and you dapped him up. And you didn't say to him, by the way, you still got a ways to go to get into my top five quarterback rankings. That
3: was big of you to keep your mouth shut. It was. You know, I've been every time. And Joe Burrow, too. Me and Joe did the uh, the Manning Passion Academy. And and we had a little, he had, we had some words, because I, I was critical of Joe his junior year when he had some struggles. And I actually welcome that. I honestly do. Because I remember being a player. And guys would say something about me, and I'd be pissed. That guy, that guy sucks. He doesn't know what he's talking. I totally get it. As a competitor, you don't want anybody to say anything bad about you because it, it's just it hurts, right? We're human beings too. So I bet Stetson still got a little resentment, and absolutely he should. Um, I'll continue to make sure every time I see him that, that just how much I think of him, and really he can just flash the hardware anywhere he wants now, and nobody can say anything. So I think you just hate Georgia quarterbacks because remember our first interaction
0: <laughs> was Jake Fromm. <laughs> I'm just remembering this now, our it very first true. interaction.
3: So you're just always going to have Georgia quarterbacks at least at, like, number six in your rankings. Yeah, that's my thing. That's my stick. You know, everybody's got their stick. Um, that's going to be my thing forever. I don't care who it is. Georgia quarterback will never be a top five in Jordan's rankings. I say that facetiously. <laughs> well, All right, Will we'll, we'll Levis. Uh, Tebow's got him at two.
0: You Okay, so people at home can't see this. Jordan just gave a very like uh, the what's what's the gif the uh, the Kenan Thompson gif yes yes the the look away of like I'm really skeptical of that. How do you feel about Will Levis coming into this year
3: and is he kind of worth this this first round top ten type of love that he's getting? I mean, uh, from a talent perspective, yes. So again, quarterback rankings are so fickle because do we want to rank the five most talented? Because Anthony Richardson might be one. Will Levis might be two. I mean, so here's Will is as talented as there is. I mean, he is. A faster version of Tim Tebow running the football can be physical. He can make every single throw. I mean, he's got an NFL arm. So I have, I, I, I don't question at all why people are projecting him as a first-round pick. He is a first-round talent. My issue is there are some mistakes you see on film last year, but also it's first year in a coordinator, first year in a, a big starting role. I'd expect that. My issue is when you look around. Take Will Levis' name off it. Take Kentucky's name off it. You have a football team that is replacing four of their top five receivers, their right tackle All-American, center first team All-SEC, their left tackle, new offensive line coach, new offensive coordinator, your best single player on your entire team in Wandell Robinson that had over 100 catches. If, if I just told you that, would you say, hey, that offense and that quarterback are going to be better this year? I love Tavian Robinson. So we're, do I. We're still waiting to hear
0: about what Chris Rodriguez's situation is going to be,
3: which I think is part of it, if there's skepticism about him. And look, there is there is hope because I, Keaton Upshaw is a guy that was hurt all last year. In 2020, he was a big part of the passing offense, even though wasn't really a passing yeah. offense in 2020. So I say that uh, with some context. Uh, Isaiah Cummings is going to be a guy that I think is going to develop into a guy that's kind of big like a tight end but can be a receiver as well. So there are weapons. But again, my rankings are part projection, part projection, part talent. And if I'm ranking Levis with his talent, he's a, he's a two or a three, probably a two in the conference projection for production. I don't maybe eight or nine in far as yards and touchdowns. So that's why if I'm ranking my 10, I think I have him about behind Stetson at like seven. Now, talent-wise, and if things come around, he could be a top five easy. Um, but also, Kentucky, I think, just has a lot of questions to answer um, this year, especially up front and around Will Levis. What do you have in your your East projections? Everybody, I, I feel like that's like the most popular question all week. Yeah. Who do you have finishing second in the East? And you can go in a lot of different directions. Do, Did I see you at South Carolina at two in the East? I did. And again, if you say Tennessee, you're not wrong. If you say Kentucky, even though I just went on a diatribe about them, you could argue that, and I could believe it. Florida as well. I said South Carolina because when I just look back at this team, they started four quarterbacks last year. They won seven games. They lost to Kentucky by six. They lost to Missouri by three. If nothing else changed, and I think they're going to be better with some of the transfer pieces that they added. If nothing changed, and you added Spencer Rattler, Are they six points better? I would say yes. So that that takes a team last year that was seven wins to a nine win team. Now I'm not saying they're going to win nine this year, but automatically I think they are better on offense. I think they added uh, Austin Stogner, the tight end. I think it's going to be really dynamic. They're going to beat you up with 12 personnel. We were just talking I think off camera about Georgia, 13 personnel, 14 personnel. South Carolina is going to live in 12 personnel with Jaheim Bell and Austin Stogner. Um, There's a familiarity with um, with. I just blanked. Marcus Satterfield, Satterfield, Offensive yes, thank you, and yep. Shane Beamer. So there's a, there's a familiarity with the system, and Beamer. So I think that bodes well for um, for how he's going to play. But again, you can pick apart that argument as much as you want as well, because defensively. They're going to hurt up front, they got to replace some dudes up front. Um, so there's a lot of question marks there. But I do believe more in Spencer Rattler when I watch his film at Oklahoma, than people that have been critical of him. So of his last 14 starts, he's a winner. Before he got benched at, against Texas, he was on the road at Kansas State, 22 of 25, 240 yards, two touchdowns. He started bad against Texas, and Caleb Williams was a superstar. Same thing that happened to Jalen Hurts. Like that's football so I think they're gonna be a lot better but that east is gonna be fun I mean we you could hold on to that because you might be able to make fun of me later he may he might be seventh and yeah. you can tweet that out and be like shit I know yep I,
0: <laughs> I look I, I think the east is all over the place I think it's all over the place because so many teams feel like they have their quarterback they feel like they have their guy programs that aren't used to having that returning stud quarterback and that's a big reason why it feels like everybody's getting disrespected when it's like well, we got to fill out rankings and do yeah. all this stuff. We got to somebody somewhere. I, it's it's difficult, and I, I struggle with that. Of like, how much do I value the the pieces around them versus like just who would I want to have taking over my team? And when I fill out quarterback rankings, I'm like, man, well, I got to put Will Rogers in my top five because I, I did think, too. yeah, like, and I feel like he's kind of been a little bit of the forgotten guy here because he's not here, mm-hmm. and because Leach kind of doesn't even talk about him, which is just. Bizarre. Leach hasn't brought a quarterback to to media day since 2014, which is just strange. So I'm like, well, Leach isn't going to talk about his quarterback, so I'll just ask him about Netflix. Like that's 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 where we're at with this whole thing. He wants to downplay it, though.
3: Yeah, and honestly, and I, I love Coach Leach for a lot of reasons, but for all the production calls I've been on before games. There's one or two football questions. He ain't getting much. You know, He's one of those guys that he he keeps everything close to the vest. So we talk Netflix. We talk Outer Banks. He's a big Outer Banks fan.
0: Tom Hart told me on Monday. That's why I asked the Netflix question. Big
3: cinematography guy. So he really loves how the lake and the trees look in that one. Um, But back to Will Rogers, it's very easy for a Mike Leach quarterback and for Will Rogers to say, hey, the yards, the touchdowns, the system. You're not wrong, partly, but when you really dive into the film, he's more than that. I mean, he'll make some big-time tight-window throws down the field. The comeback against Auburn, I, w- I broadcasted that game. Like, okay. just he's got some, he's got some shit to him. Yeah. And 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 having been a quarterback, having trained quarterbacks, having really just, I, I like watching quarterbacks. The X factor for me is somebody that's. There's not really a better way to put it. He's got some shit to him. When there's adversity, it doesn't phase him. When he's getting talked about, it doesn't phase him. When he's not getting talked about, it doesn't phase him. So I love the the genetic makeup the mental makeup that he has Um, and I think he is much more than just the production from the air raid system and that's a scary team as well a team that lost three games by three or less Memphis should never happen with that punt return LSU and Arkansas they missed three field goals inside 40 yards or something and lost that game by three I think so that's a team that, that could take a huge step as well couple more for you i know you got to run and go eat some pasta um i already ate some pasta. oh you did yeah. you did today I, got, I, just, I slammed it in right at right before i came over
0: we're recording this at 8:30 in the morning no i'm kidding it's yeah. like it's like <laughs> it's
3: actually lunchtime okay i was just right. talking about getting back in shape yeah that's not happened today folks yeah
0: okay uh the west and um, this situation that we're talking about with now with uh with the Smith and the development that we we had happen and you know something where I, I think people are that are looking at a and m's production at receiver and we're saying like man they've kind of lost a lot of guys and they're relying a lot on Evan Stewart this true freshman the five star guy what do you make of a and m because i've I've been on the record for a while saying I think they're the most overrated team in the
3: country coming into this year i i don't when you say that it doesn't like I didn't give you an eye roll like uh, it's <laughs> Part of that I agree with, and, and here's here's a reason why when I look at them. And before the news we got about Anais Smith, which I think is monumental. So my thing with A&M has been since Christian Kirk, 2017. They haven't had a number one guy on the outside. Now, you can say, well, we've had Anias, we had Spiller, A-chain can catch out of the backfield. I totally get it. But Jimbo runs a pro style system. The beauty of a pro style system is that it's progression reads that can be successful against no matter what the defense does. Right, the RPO and the quick tempo, they'll be like, "Oh, well, three out of four times defense, or I mean, one out of four times defense is going to get us, right? Not every play works against every defense. Pro style system, not the same. And what they've had to do to be successful throwing the football in recent years is scheming plays for Anaya's, scheming plays for Widemeyer. And when you are an offensive coordinator a play caller, and 10 or 15 or 20 of your plays are scheming plays, that means that unless... That guy wins, and unless the defense gives you exactly what you thought they would, that's really your best answer, and sometimes your only answer. And so when you don't have a guy on the outside that, no matter the defense, can win on a one-on-one matchup, it's tough in the pro-style system. It just really is. So before Anais, in this situation, we'll see what happens with it, I was like, they still need a guy on the outside, And, and are we sure that Chase Lane or Hezekiah Jones or... Those guys have been around, their quality depth, and the five-star you were just talking about, Evan Stewart, right? I mean, yeah, but he's young, right? Is he going to be able to line up and, and give you that dependency, especially now with Anias being the question mark? So I struggle with that one. Do they have the talent that they could develop and halfway through the season? They could be pushing Alabama? Sure. Could that quarterback situation not shake out like we think, and the lack of Anais really be a black eye? Yeah, and it could be ugly. I think that is one A and is one of the most volatile teams to me because a seven wins is atrocious, right? I mean, you're not talking like that's a failure, and if you don't get to ten with the hype around, it, it's like again, what are we doing? Is that a failure as well? So that's a tough one. Um, I also don't think, and I'm rambling now, uh, but you're good. I don't. I'm not so sure it's Max Johnson's job. Uh, I agree that. with that. I love agree backs. with that. Yeah. Um, I think when you watch him at LSU, sometimes it's, you got to get the ball out, right? You're just like, the ball doesn't quite come out on time. And depending on how the offensive line comes together, depending on how the weapons come together, do you need a guy that's mobile like Haynes? And again, we know nothing about Haynes. Right? We it's heard, the great unknown. We heard so much about him and his legs and his accuracy and his touch, but we ain't seen him throw the football with, with bullets flying, really. So that's a big question mark. I think once that gets answered, we'll know a lot more about AM. And as the United situation shakes out, again, could be really good and also could be a big disappointment.
0: On a scale of one to staring down Chad, how intimidated are you by your new coworker, Takio Spikes?
3: Well, the fact that his neck is about the size of my quads, um, I'd say I'm pretty, yeah. I think a, you
0: undersold eight. it. You undersold yeah, it.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, I looked down and I realized my quads definitely aren't that big. <laughs> I don't, I've been skipping a few leg days lately. Uh, he's great, though. I tell you what, what's, what's really fun about working in TV is anybody can learn how to do TV. You, you can't. You can't learn how to have a personality. You can't learn uh, or pretend to know football. He knows football. He's got a great personality. It's fun being up there because he's kind of like, wait, which cameras are on and what's it when's it happening? There's stuff going on in his ear, so he's going to pick up on the the boring logistics of football really quick, and he's going to be a fun dude to listen to. Jordan, appreciate it, man. We'll uh, we'll just have a pod uh, like a like a pod strictly devoted to talking pasta next time. I would be down, but also I'm going to go look at myself in the mirror and I'm going to I'm going to get things right. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. We'll put a bow on SEC Media Days. We're going into day
0: four as we're recording this, and I feel like this week just flies by. And I know I say that a million times, but um, we we will have one more day of festivities. We're not going to have another pod until early uh, next week, so we won't have like a necessarily a wrap up pod. This is serving as our wrap up pod. But lad of the week, well, you're going to love Techieo Spikes. I'm just going to tell you that. He's going to be one of your favorite people. Oh, yes. Interviewed him today. Interview will come out next week. I will not need to explain why he is the lad of the week. It will speak for itself. I promise you as much. And I even told him, I'm like, look, we are the number one Gene Chizik podcast in existence. Thanks. The fact that you are replacing him, we are going to be the most skeptical of you. I looked into his eyes. He's sitting right where you <laughs> I, are I'm right now. I would be
1: scared to look into his eyes. I was I terrified. I'd be that.
0: Little P came out. But <laughs> I looked into his eyes at his twenty one inch neck and I said, We're gonna be the most skeptical of you and he he blew me away. So Tekyo's gonna be great uh, on SEC network airwaves. He's great on our wear- airwaves, so that'll be early next week. Did you have a lot of the week that won't break my heart? Well
1: <laughs> no. But first question what, what amount of money would someone have to pay you to like just get like laid out by Prime Tequio Spikes?
0: Gosh. do i get to wear pads
1: um yes this is in a football context okay
0: um do i get are we talking oklahoma drill yes okay i think i do it for a thousand you think you do that for a thousand bucks i do it for a thousand yeah yeah yeah. yeah to get laid out because i'm padded right i'm wearing a helmet right that's totally different than eating a punch from mike tyson
1: that's all that's very fair yeah you're you might not like you might not remember the punt situation. You'd probably be able to get up, shake it off. Yeah. Um, I,
0: if I, you know what, like, he's going to form tackle. Right. He's he's going to hit me in my ribs. I might, uh, all right, if I'm breaking a rib, that's an issue.
1: <laughs> you, <laughs> you're, for this to go exactly right, it would have to be $1,000. Because if you land funny, you're cooked, bro. No, he,
0: he would form tackle. You know what, all right, well, I'm going to up it. I'll, I'll go five grand. I, I would need five grand to take a form tackle from Tequio Spikes.
1: Yes. Um, okay. So yeah, my lad of the week is Albert Pujols. Um, <laughs> now, listen, this is one of the few times in my life I've got to watch you be a hater in person. It was incredible. You know, I'm watching Albert Pujols in the Home Run Derby. He is, you know, 40 years old. He's out there. He took off his gloves, gave them to his kids, uh, gave them to like, he was just giving out souvenirs because he thought he had no shot of um, advancing. And then Kyle Schwarber got up there and just started forgetting how to hit a baseball. I don't know if it was a pitching error, but I, I was sitting there and thinking, Connor, you know, being a journalist, I was like, wow, what a cool story. And then I remembered how much he hates Albert Pujols and how much he loves Kyle Schwarber. And I was just kind of like, oh, this is cool. I looked at Connor and he was just deadpan, like, I hope he never hits another home this run. Is, <laughs> this is my hell. This was my hell.
0: And it's because... Obviously, Schwarber's my guy. Indiana connection, Cubs connection when they drafted him. I was so fired up. It's not that I specifically hate Albert Pujols. I want that on record. It's yeah. not that I specifically hate him. And I know I'm speaking to some Cardinal fans by saying this. I hate the thought of Cardinal fans standing up from wherever they are watching that and saying, Albert Pujols, our guy. Even though you told Albert Pujols you weren't worth that kind of money. And you let him walk. And you were perfectly fine with saying, oh, he needs to go get his money. Like, all right, do whatever. We don't need him anyways. And then the Cardinals were like fine without him. And I hate that. And I hate the fact that he comes to the home run derby. He steals the the thunder from Kyle Schwarber, who the Cubs wouldn't pay $8 million. And all he's going to do is lead the National League in home runs. And Albert Pujols has to go out there with a Cardinals jersey on and beat Schwarber. I know he didn't win it all. I know he didn't win the home run derby. Juan Soto. Shout out lad of the week for turning down four hundred forty million dollars. Um, let's be nice. Let's be nice. <laughs> but Albert Pujols makes me very uncomfortable when he is wearing a Cardinals jersey. If he would have been wearing an Angels jersey, I think I would have been okay with it. I really do. But it was actually weird. wearing at the Angels at
1: that. Point. It's like, where was this?
0: Yes, it was. It was rough. So yeah. Okay. All right. That's fair. I get it. He was. He was everybody's lad of the week. Let's be honest. Fair. Let's be honest. Okay. Um, if you have not, leave us a five star review join the facebook group your name red on air with figuring out or bold and brash thanks guys talk soon